0: The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with your host, Jackie Pilisoff. No one should have to go through a divorce feeling alone and isolated. The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast is a production of Divorced Girl Smiling where every show is 30 minutes, aimed to empower you, help you feel validated and understood and connect you with some of the best divorce professionals in the industry. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start smiling as you join us right now for the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute and recommend two Divorced Girl Smiling trusted professionals who I think are amazing. The first one is Rita Morris, who is a therapist turned certified parent coach. And Rita has dedicated her entire practice to helping couples who are having a hard time co-parenting during or after divorce. She also sees individuals who have a difficult ex and teaches them co-parenting strategies and can answer so, so many questions about kids and she also has a focus in special needs kids and kids with anxiety and ADHD. So if you wanna reach Rita, you can find her on her website, which is aparentspath.com, or you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling. The other person I wanna mention is divorce attorney, Katherine Miller. So Katherine and I have known each other for a few years, And she is wonderful. She practices in New York and Connecticut. She is a huge proponent of mediation. She's been practicing law for over 30 years. She's well-known, well-respected. I would highly recommend, if you live in one of these states, having a consult with her. And you can find Catherine at Miller-Law.com. She's the founder of Miller Law Group. Or you can find her in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. So I've written a few different articles about what happens when your ex has a new girlfriend, how it feels, how you can, you know, just feel like everything is so unfair and you almost feel jealous, not because you want your spouse back, but because it just seems unfair and, you know, there's so many emotions that go into it. And then co-parenting is really hard when that happens also so I know I just said I've written articles about it, but today I want to talk about your ex getting a new girlfriend, tips on co-parenting and coping through the lens of a divorce attorney slash mediator. So I'm here today with my guest, Aaron Burt, who is a divorce attorney and a divorce mediator. And Aaron wrote an article about when your ex gets a new girlfriend and how to cope and how to co-parent. So I thought it would be really nice to get it from another perspective. So hi, Erin. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I want to tell my listeners a little bit about you. So Erin has been a divorce attorney since 2003 But in 2010, she decided to take her practice in a totally different direction, and she settles all of her cases through mediation. So I think that is so wonderful. And I read somewhere in your bio, Erin, that you said your biggest priority with your clients is wellness. And I just love that about you.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've said this in the past, but People hire me to get them divorced. And I can do that. I can get you from point A to point Z. But there's a huge path and a huge journey that my client is on from A to Z. And so I really try to stay in tune with where they're at, maybe identifying some of their needs if they can't express it. And if you don't have either wellness or access to wellness... That journey is so more complicated. It will leave a much larger wake once you finish the divorce journey. Um, And so I think uh, client wellness really should be at the top of the list of most divorce practitioners. Well, I love your philosophy. So you wrote this article
0: called My Ex Has a New Girlfriend Tips on Co-Parenting and Coping. And first I want to ask you, is this article based on all of the clients you've known in the past, how they were feeling when this happened to them? Is
1: that how you got your information? It was definitely a motivation. I see it more and more in my mediation practice that somebody might be insecure about bringing this up or bringing up, hey, should we have some discussions or guidelines about what happens if there's somebody new? Or I have people calling me infuriated that somebody new is now involved in their child's life. They had no idea. They don't understand um, their involvement or their role with their child. And so that might start the mediation process. And so, yeah, I, I decided to write this article because it seems to be an increasing issue in my practice and some of my colleagues' practices that... You know, a court can't fix this issue necessarily. They might, the court or the judge might not have time for this, but these are definitely discussions that can be had in mediation or to be had with your, your attorney about what do you do when there's somebody else involved? There's a new girlfriend, there's a new significant other, because if we don't address it, it could really just escalate things to a point where they have even bigger problems in their family law matter. So it sounds
0: like there's two things going on here. There's the emotional part of trying to cope and deal with your own emotions. And you're right. If you're sitting in mediation, trying to come up with a divorce agreement that works for both people, and you have all these really negative feelings because you now know your ex has a new girlfriend, that's going to affect the mediation. And the other side of it is trying to Deal with it practically. What's the relationship going to be like with the kids? How is our co parenting going to change? Do I need to meet this woman so that we're all on the same page and we look good in front of the kids and they feel more comfortable? So we could go on and on. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Yeah. You wrote in the article that there's a study, a Pew Research survey that says 43% of Americans are on a second marriage. And so this This is happening a lot. Tell me a couple of things people should consider when they're creating a co-parenting agreement when the other one has a girlfriend or boyfriend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's always good to be proactive in setting some boundaries or some guidelines so there's at least a foundation there's there's some set expectations about okay what happens when this frightening thing or this aggravating thing happens a new girlfriend new significant others in the in the picture and if if you have the opportunity to do it proactively you can try to talk about it. You could come up with these guidelines and that's your action plan for when it happens. Um, You know, on the flip side, Jackie, sometimes we don't have that, that ability to control the situation and sometimes we have to be reactive and we might learn from what went bad, how we can then build guidelines for if this happens again. And so, you know, part of my role is to educate people that that might not realize, hey, this is this is a huge problem. Forty-three percent of people are, are facing this right now. We have a lot of blended families right now, and that's just going to keep happening. Um, so why don't we talk about the elephant in the room? What do we do here? What are your um, pain points? What are you scared of, or what are you concerned about? Is it the safety of your children? Are you concerned about the other person's judgment you know, you're breaking up with this person, you might already say, yeah, I don't trust their judgment. If they're going to pick somebody else out, I want to have some information so that I feel okay with, you know, them bringing somebody around my children. And so I think a a good thing for people to do is it's uncomfortable, but I think you've got to think of that situation. What do I want? Not necessarily for me, but what information do I need before this girlfriend, this other person becomes involved in my child's life. Now, I like
0: the part that you talked about being proactive, but I think in reality, nobody thinks about it until it happens because, well, okay, half the divorces happen because the person already has a new girlfriend or boyfriend. But then even if they don't, I find that, and I hate to generalize, but I'm going to do it anyway. So if my listeners are mad at me, I'm sorry. But I think that men get a girlfriend so quickly after divorce, it makes your head spin. That is based on the thousands and tens of thousands of women I've talked to. I'm not saying women don't do it too, but it just seems like men do it more. But that's nor here nor there. So when somebody gets a new girlfriend or boyfriend, you wrote in this article, a couple things that you might want to bring up. And this could happen in mediation. Mediation is a great place to bring this up. Should overnight stays be permitted with a new partner when the child's there? Should the new partner be permitted to babysit your child or be alone with your child? Should that happen only after I meet the new spouse? And what would be circumstances that would make it inappropriate for your partner to be alone with your child. What does that last one mean?
1: So, are there some big red flags that you can think of that you're saying? I don't want this person to be alone around my child. It could be sometimes what we go towards. We think, all right, this seems like a a bad person. Maybe I want to know, or I've heard through the grapevine, this person has a criminal past. This person's a hothead, gets into fights. I have safety concerns. You know, if it's safety concerns, let's talk about those. What are some things that we can do to either find out Do we want their full legal name before there's an introduction to the child made so that we can do a general search or do a background search so that we feel comfortable that there isn't a problematic criminal history uh, and that person's now going to be alone with my child? Or it could also be something, Jackie, that's unrelated to maybe that, that violence or physical safety, but it could be like a medical thing does my child need you know certain medications or they have perhaps sensory issues and they should not be just left alone with anybody you know we have to have a certain level of awareness of our child's conditions or needs to be you know left alone with anybody let alone a new significant other and whether
0: they have a criminal background even if they don't do i trust this person It's almost like interviewing a babysitter. You have to make sure that you feel safe leaving your kids if your ex is saying, you know, well, on nights that I have to work late, so-and-so might be home before me and might be with the kids. Well, then I need to see and meet the person and really get to know him or her before I leave the people who mean the most to me in my life.
1: Yeah, and I, and I want to know their phone number and their location. You know, are they going to be at my co-parent's house or is my child going to this person's house? You know, where is my kid? And who can I call if I have a question or need access to my kid if my co-parent's not with them, you know?
0: And can I meet this person so that if something happens with the kid, she feels comfortable calling me and asking me a question or having a conversation? We need to all be on the same page. And lastly, does she care about my child, yes. my children? Is she is she just in it because of him and she's doing this out of obligation? Or does she really care about my kids?
1: Right. Because it, it takes a <laughs> team to co parent And if you're going to extend that team and add other players, you should be aware of who they are. You should feel comfortable with them. You should be able to meet them beforehand so that, you know, if your child talks about them. You're not taken off guard. You're not acting surprised. There's not a disconnect. So I, you know, as in mediation, sometimes I'm the first person to educate and bring these topics up. Other times they just tell me about it because that's why they're in my office. But, you know, like you're saying, Jackie, having that meeting, if at all possible, in a public place, go grab coffee, go grab tea. um, That shows that that person is invested on being in your family team. You know, the fact that they would show up or that a co-parent would show up, that all those are all good indicators that things can go better and that you can start setting boundaries and, and some expectations because you've met the person. So it's it's a really good sign if you can meet the the new person. I'm going to take it one step further and say
0: that the new spouse should invite the ex into the home and show her where your kids are sleeping, make sure it's safe. Because Aaron, I have to tell you personally, my ex got remarried. He's now divorced, but he got remarried and the woman would not let me in the house. So I never saw, and my kids were pretty young still. Yeah. I never saw their rooms. I never saw where they slept. Wouldn't it have been nice if they would have just invited me in and said, here's our home. Here's where the kids sleep. Here's where they eat. I mean, really, it was so wrong. And there were so many things that were wrong on so many levels. It was just silly. It was silly. There was no reason for any animosity whatsoever. I mean, I was not allowed to step foot in the home. And I really hope people listening take a different stance, no matter what your husband did to you, no matter how much you hate him, no matter how much resentment you have. It's better for your kids if they see that everybody's on the same page.
1: Absolutely. You know, Jackie, it made me think I, I um, had a situation where a co-parent wanted to do that. They wanted to go into the other person's house. But because of the dynamic of the relationship, and and maybe there was some intimate partner violence in the past, that person didn't feel comfortable. But they were able to bring in a third party that both of these people said, okay this other significant others involved in our child's life, and they'll bring the child to the house to see the house. They'll check out the environment. And that was a safe person to convey then to the other parent. Everything looks good. This is what I saw. Or they took around their device and did like a, a FaceTime. Um, so sometimes you can even have an alternate person go in the house if, if you don't feel comfortable for various reasons. I've had that happen too, but at least it's something. Now who was the third party was it like a GAL was it a friend a mutual and yeah. in, in this circumstance it was a friend they relied on a friend to do that that the other person said okay i you know i i feel comfortable with that situation too um so yeah it takes agreements but i've seen GALs go in i've seen people that you can hire to go in and I've seen extended family, you know, a grandmother or an aunt, also go in in the place of the co-parent. If if you can go in yourself, I think that's great. But sometimes there's some impediments to that, and maybe use a trusted family member, friend, somebody that you can mutually agree upon, and then maybe FaceTime. You know, all of those things are are helpful in just. Allowing everybody to feel comfortable where the kids are, who the kids are with, what does that environment look like? And everybody should be able to know exactly where their children are and feel safe about it.
0: You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm your host. I'm here today with divorce attorney Aaron Burt. Aaron and I are talking about when your ex has a new girlfriend, how to co parent, and tips on coping. We're going to take a short break but when we come back we are going to get into ways to cope emotionally and then also when you need to protect your child from your ex's new partner we'll be right back one of the most stressful aspects of getting divorced is feeling like your spouse might be hiding money to hire a forensic accountant or ask your attorney to do that it can cost tens of thousands of dollars And a lot of people either can't afford it or they don't think it's worth it because it's so costly. Well, guess what? There's something you can do that is less expensive, way less expensive, and will help you find your husband's money. It's called the Divorce Money Guide and it was developed by well-known forensic accountant, Tracy Conan. It's a tool to help you find out if your ex is hiding money. It's actually a 10-step handbook That walks you through what to do to find the money and you walk away either knowing that your ex isn't hiding money or with the proof to give to your attorney who can now take action to make sure your divorce is fair and equitable. To find out more about Divorce Money Guide, go to FraudCoach.com or you can find Divorce Money Guide in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. I also want to talk about one of my newest Divorce Girl Smiling Trusted Professionals. Her name is Karen Ryanquist, and Karen is a real estate broker for Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in Chicago. Karen has been a real estate agent since 1997, and Karen is so experienced, so dedicated. She went through a divorce herself, and she really has a passion to help divorced men and women in selling or buying a home. If you want to learn more about Karen, you can find her in the Trusted Professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling, and you can also find her at karenranquist.bhhschicago.com. Welcome back to the Divorce Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff. I'm your host. I am here talking about how to cope when an ex has a new girlfriend, how to co-parent, how to deal emotionally. And my guest is divorce attorney, Erin Burt, whose entire practice is dedicated to mediation. She's been doing that since 2010. And her philosophy and biggest priority is client wellness. I love that. Let's move on to how to cope emotionally when the ex moves on. So, You wrote three things, and I'm just going to list them and then you can explain. Choose acceptance. So, expand on that.
1: Well, I think a lot of times when we end a relationship, we are worried about a loss of control, a loss of control with parenting, you know, being involved in day to day decisions for our children. And when a new person comes along, a new girlfriend comes along, there's again going to be a feeling of I've lost a bit of control here because now this other person's involved in my kid's life and my kid's going to either bond with them or not be, want to be around them. I don't know. But there's that lack of control. And if we start spiraling into trying to control things we can't control that's just going to be problematic for yourself. It's going to be trickling down and problematic for your your children. And so um, if there's not significant issues, safety issues, I recommend choose acceptance. You know, somebody is not going to re- remain single, likely for the rest of their lives. There's going to be a girlfriend coming around at some point in time. Um, and again, if there's not Big, hard, significant issues. I would say try to choose acceptance and just say, you know what, this is the reality of separating. And I, you know, there's somebody else that's going to be involved and I have to accept this. And I think when you start with acceptance, that's when you can start building upon having boundaries, knowing the other person's role, being able to talk to the other parent about those boundaries, it makes it a little bit better than just being mad and ignoring the fact that there's this other person involved and disrespecting or feeling disrespected. So if you choose acceptance, I think it starts you off on the right foot. And I know it's hard to do. It is very
0: hard to do. And what I want to tell my listeners is that we understand we're not judging from somebody whose ex moved on and got married. It was extremely hard for me to accept And I wish I wouldn't have worried about it so much because as Aaron said, I had no control. And also you might be thinking, this is so unfair. Why does he get a happily ever after and I don't? Just let God take care of everything. Let it happen. Live your own life. Focus on you and what you want. And really try not to think about them. Like, I remember just thinking, oh, they're so happy. They're so blissful. Well, guess what? They ended up getting divorced. So how happy could they have been? But at the time, I built it up in my head that, oh, my gosh, he's going to become an entirely different husband with her as he was with me. And, you know, that probably just didn't happen. But, Erin, you talked about boundaries and that was your next tip. So choosing acceptance sort of bleeds into respecting boundaries. So tell me about that.
1: Well, and I think it's I think respecting boundaries is a two way street. When there's a new girlfriend involved, um, I, I think that you have to again accept that that person's involved and accept that they might be spending a lot of time with your children. But then there's also that boundary of that person shouldn't be making decisions about your child unless it's just those day-to-day decisions. What are they going to eat? You know, Can I help with getting them to activities if needed? And also just respecting boundaries in the sense that don't use your children to try to figure out what's going on over at dad's house or with the new girlfriend or anything like that. There's boundaries between you and your children and maybe not asking questions to Find out what's going on or or to dig a little deeper about, well, what happens over there? What is she, the new girlfriend, doing with you? Try to keep those boundaries set where those are conversations you have with the other co-parent, I think would be very helpful to minimizing conflict or perceived conflict by your children. And so just respecting again boundaries. You're always going to be the mom. You are always the mother. If you feel that boundaries are being stepped upon or, or crossed talk about it with the other parent. Hopefully you're using a communication app or something privately, don't have these discussions in front of your kids, but talk to the other person and say, you know, I respect that this person is involved in your life, but some of these things need to be discussed between you and I, or you and I need to be making these decisions, or you and I should be telling each other about what's going on when we're not present, and making sure that You feel comfortable voicing that and not voicing it so much around your kids or not inquiring about the girlfriend through your kids um, because we don't want to put our children in a bad spot either. So you bring up a good
0: point about the communication app, and I have to give a plug to Our Family Wizard because that's a really, really good one. And this is a good way where you can message your ex and say, hey, I'm concerned about this where I feel like so-and-so isn't respecting my boundaries. And since everything is on record, your ex is going to have to respond politely to you because it's our family wizard and it's all on record. So it's a very good place to use it. And then the other thing I wanted to say, Aaron, is that you kind of bled into your third tip, which is value your role. I mean, even if your ex has a girlfriend and you're still single you're still the mom and you're very valuable in your child's life. And believe me, your kids know that. Yeah. They, I, I get a lot of emails and messages from women who get very insecure when their ex finds a new girlfriend and they're like, my kids like being over there more than they love me. It's more fun. Well, guess what? First of all, everyone's on their best behavior for the first two years. And secondly, And secondly, give your kids more credit and believe in your worth, because I'm telling you, your kids love you so much. You don't even realize it, but they're kids, so they're infatuated by the new girlfriend and the new relationship. Trust me
1: when I tell you it will not last. There is a honeymoon phase to every relationship, whether that is your kids adjusting to the new girlfriend or your former spouse or former partner adjusting to their new girlfriend. Um, so yeah, there's a honeymoon phase where it's going to be like, you know, rainbows and unicorns and everybody's excited about it. And you're right, Jackie. Children don't interpret adult relationships like adults do. They might like this new girlfriend because it's not a parent and maybe they feel they can either express themselves differently with this person, maybe they feel they're more of a friend, I don't know, but they always know you're their mother. They always know you're the parent and that you're the safe place to land and they can bring their true emotions and feelings to you. And so we do, we have to value our role and remember we're the adult in the room, we're the parent. Our kids are going through a lot but they love you and they know you're their parent and you're not going to ever be replaced. That is
0: 100% true. I want to move on to the scenario when you feel like you need to protect your child from your ex's new partner. So I'm talking about legally how you do it. So tell me, first of all, what are the circumstances in which somebody might want to protect their child and take legal action from a new partner?
1: You know, Jackie, it's it's actually pretty rare, but unfortunately, sometimes these worst case scenarios do happen. And so if you find yourself in that situation, talking to an attorney immediately is going to be helpful. And also trying to see what are these big red flag issues that that's worth your time and investment to quickly going to an attorney Those, again, are safety concerns um, and significant safety concerns, something that needs immediate attention. And some of those can be that uh, you're hearing concerns about sexual abuse, inappropriate behavior or touching at the other parent's house. You could have found out through either somebody else or Googling or doing a background check that this person's a registered sex offender. You could also be hearing or observing or witnessing that this person is inebriated or under the influence of drugs or alcohol in the presence of your children, or that they have access to guns or weapons, or even emotionally abusive language or comments. If there's something that can significantly affect the mental and physical health of your children and you're hearing these that takes immediate action and so um, you can it's not an order of protection but you can have a restraining order filed against a third party to limit their interaction with your children in order to prevent any further harm or to prevent any harm and so really if you have some of those worst-case scenarios that does demand immediate attention, you're bypassing mediation, you're bypassing likely trying to just talk it out and and doing your own investigation. Is this true or not? If you're hearing some of these big red flags, whether it's through your children or through others or through your own investigation, you've got to talk to an attorney right away to see about a restraining order. Um, I've had situations where this New girlfriend that turns into a wife was not allowed to transport the children at all whatsoever. She had DUIs. She had arrests for problems with substance abuse. She's not allowed in a car with the child at all. And what happens, Jackie, is if you incrementally have restrictions in place, if they continue to be violated, then it does affect your co-parents' rights to parenting time. Maybe there needs to be a restriction of parenting time or a change in your parenting schedule to protect the children. But you're starting off with talking to an attorney, most likely looking for some sort of restraining um, language or a restraining order preventing any type of harm for your children. Um, These are not things that you can probably contact a mediator, get into a mediator's office a couple of weeks out and talk about. These, these would be issues that you need immediate action to protect your children.
0: Erin, thank you so much. First of all, I'm so glad that we discussed that for people who are listening who might be in a tough situation like that. But I thought the whole podcast was great. I loved our conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show.
1: Well, thank you, Jackie. And thank you for everything that you do and all the information that you provide to help people that find themselves in a, in a tough spot and giving them resources to make things better. And to my listeners, if you liked what you
0: heard and you need a mediator, feel free to reach out to Erin for a consultation. She can be found at her website, which is BurtLaw.com or you can find her in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. And if you want to listen to more podcasts, read articles, download my mobile app, or sign up for my free consult, or find other trusted, vetted divorce professionals like Erin, and including Erin, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you real soon.